right either. Rise up! What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I must know. Rise Up Radio. Okay, uh, good evening, uh, America, and welcome aboard. Rise Up Radio! With John Bush. I'm a man of respect around here. They love me around here. I'm a swell guy. Rise Up! If he gets up, we'll all get up. It'll be anarchy. Rise Up Radio. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good morning. You're tuned in for another week of Rise Up Radio, bringing you the news, views, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and sustainable life. I'm your host, John Bush. As always, every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 a.m. CST, don't just wake up, but rise up. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for tuning in today. we got a good show lined up for you folks. Uh, we're going to be giving you the Liberty Beat coming up in the second segment. We're going to be chatting about a few things, uh, depending on if we have time. I don't know if we're going to have enough time or not. I just do not know. I want to touch on the Bill of Rights a little bit, what it's all about, if it's been a tool uh, that's greatly helped us, should we rely on the Bill of Rights in order to protect our freedoms, and uh, also if we have time, we're going to chat about cops or no cops. There was a question that was brought up on the Free Antonio Beeler Facebook page, which if you're a fan of uh, police accountability and like to keep up with the police abuse going on and activism against it, uh, check out the free Antonio Beeler Facebook page. It was organized after Antonio was arrested on New Year's Day, and uh, it's got 6,000-plus people, always a lot of good conversation going on there. But somebody brought up the question, uh, honest question for group members, who believes that we need law enforcement officials but demand accountability? Contrarily, how many people believe we should have no police so it's a good question. We're going to chat a little bit about that as well. And if we have time, we're going to chat about spanking as well. I don't know if we're going to have time to stuff it into this jam-packed program, though, today on Rise Up. Check out RiseUpRadio.com if you want to hear previous shows, podcasts, and check out what the show is all about. We have a SoundCloud stream where we have all of our podcasts there, so it's really easy to check out and download. There's also an RSS feed. You can find that through the website, or you could subscribe via iTunes through the website as well. I want to invite you out if you're here in the Central Texas market. On July 27th of this month, we're having a premiere, Sovereign Living Episode 1 through 3. Sovereign Living Episodes 1 through 3 coming up on July 27th. It'll be the first time anybody has seen Episode 3, which uh, covers the uh, birth of our second child. Sovereign Living, of course, is a reality show that Catherine and I have been working on that uh, follows our effort to become self-sufficient and lead a voluntary and natural life. And it's an up-close and personal look at our lives, uh, the ups and downs that come along with our effort to become self-sufficient and be more voluntary and natural. So definitely check that out. I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. Uh, the reviews for Episodes 1 and 2 have been absolutely phenomenal. People are way into it. Again, that's July 27th. That's going to be taking place in Austin, Texas at the uh, Tomorrow's Meals Today local farmer's market. I actually got my system here fired up in time to go ahead and bring you the Liberty Beat right now. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here comes your Liberty Beat. Get ready, because it's coming, folks. The Liberty Beat is your daily source for Liberty News and activist updates. You can check it out at thelibertybeat.com. 
And without further ado, here's your Liberty Beat for what's today, July 6th? July 6th? July 8th? My, how time flies when you are fighting the good fight for peace and freedom. All right, without further ado, folks, here's your Liberty Beat. You're listening to The Liberty Beat, your daily source for Liberty News and activist updates. Online at TheLibertyBeat.com. John Bush here with your Liberty Beat for July 8th, 2013. Gold opened today at $1,229, silver at $19.10, and Bitcoin is trading at $75. Support for the Liberty Beat comes from Cabo Bob's, the first high fructose corn syrup free quick serve restaurant in the country, serving Baja California style burritos and non GMO corn tortillas and chips in Austin at 500 East Ben White Boulevard or by phone at 512 432 1111. And now the news. According to internal records from the Department of Justice, a high-powered rifle linked to the Bureau of Alcohol and Tobacco Firearms, the ATF, failed gun trafficking scheme, Operation Fast and Furious, was used to murder a Mexican police chief in the state of Jalisco. Luis Lucio Rosales Astorga, the police chief in the city of Hostotipaquillo, was shot to death on January 29th of this year. When local authorities arrested eight suspects, they found a large supply of grenades, handguns, bulletproof clothing, special communications equipment, as well as the semi-automatic WASR rifle used to kill Astorga. Of the more than two dozen countries whistleblower Edward Snowden has applied for asylum in, Venezuela seems the most likely destination. In a speech on Friday, President Nicolas Maduro of Venezuela condemned the United States' spying program and said Snowden deserved protection. Presidents of Bolivia and Nicaragua also said over the weekend that Snowden was welcome in their countries. Venezuela's foreign minister, Elias Waha, said his country has not yet heard from Snowden and would consult Russian officials Monday morning. Alexei Pushkov, head of the International Affairs Committee in Russia's parliament, called Venezuela Snowden's last chance for political asylum. Statewide protests are scheduled to begin in California state prisons today. The no-work and hunger strike protests are set to take place in state facilities in San Quentin, Corcoran, Susanville, Salinas Valley, New Folsom, and Waco, with inmates at High Desert State Prison in far northern California launching their own hunger strikes last week. Their demands include an end to group punishment for individual actions, more visitation and interaction with family members, and adequate food. The protests are a continuation of strikes from July 2011 regarding torture and mistreatment of prisoners in so-called segregation units. Protests were briefly stopped after negotiations promised change. However, when demands were not followed through, the protests began again in September 2011. Support for the Liberty Beat comes from Brave New Books, your Central Texas supplier of One World Way and Tangy Tangerine. In Austin and 1904 Guadalupe Street or online at bravenewbookstore.com. And from Capital City Automotive, honest, reliable auto care for vehicles foreign and domestic. This is the Liberty Beat. For July 8th, 2013, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Liberty Beat.
Doctors under contract with the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation sterilized nearly 150 female inmates from 2006 to 2010 without required state approvals, the Center for Investigative Reporting has found. At least 148 women received tubal ligations in violation of prison rules during those five years, and there are perhaps hundreds more dating back to the late 1990s, according to state documents and interviews. Former inmates and prisoners' advocates maintain that prison medical staff coerce the women, targeting those deemed likely to return to prison in the future. Fresh off the launch of his new homeschool curriculum, Ron Paul has announced the launching of an internet-based ronpaulchannel.com. The online television service is expected to launch this summer and will offer news updates, exclusive interviews, live chats with Ron Paul himself, and more. For more information, visit ronpaulchannel.com. Support for the Liberty Beat comes from Central Texas Gunworks, CHL courses, self-defense training, and firearm sales. Online at centraltexasgunworks.com. And from the Center for Natural Living, towards a voluntary natural world. Online at centerfornaturalliving.org. You've been listening to the Liberty Beat. Remember to live free and question everything. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was your Liberty Beat for July 8th, 2013. Lots of news, lots of crazy news, like the sterilization of women in the prison. Sounds like eugenics to me. Living in a crazy world, ladies and gentlemen. It's important that we stand up, take responsibility for what's taking place, and start to make a change. And that's what the Rise Up Radio Show is all about, rising up. Kudos to the prisoners in California for what they're doing to rise up. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. Stick with us, folks. You're listening to the Rise Up Radio Show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Rise Up Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us. Remember to check out riseupradio.com to get the podcast of previous shows. I'm your host, John Bush, every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 a.m. Yeah, on LRN.FM. That's the Liberty Radio Network. Shout out to Ian Freeman, all the folks up there in New Hampshire for making this broadcast possible. I want to chat a little bit about the Bill of Rights, uh, specifically Amendment Number 4. There was a rally that took place on July 4th. Actually, it took place all across the country. We reported on them on the Liberty Beat. And it was called Restore the Fourth. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Restore the Fourth. And I immediately took offense. I don't know if offense is the right word. I mean, in my opinion, it's good when anybody's taking action relative to not doing anything at all, as long as that action is geared towards, you know, more freedom and justice and all that good stuff. I don't want somebody to take action to go advocate for socialism or for statism or for growing government in any way. But... I had just a thought that came through my head, and I posted it on their little wall because it said, Restore the Fourth. Some of our goals are to encourage Congress to pass a law to to end NSA abuse or to, to hold hearings so we can hear what's going on. And I asked, like, why are you dependent on Congress to do something? Congress is the one that passed the Patriot Act, the military... Uh, Commissions Act in 2006, the John Warner Defense Authorization Act, the 
the new indefinite detention clauses. They just pass stuff all the time that just totally blatantly violates the Bill of Rights. And the Fourth Amendment, why can we expect them to do something different this time? And the answer, in my opinion, is we can't. Also at that rally, Scott Crow, who's a left anarchist, a social libertarian as he identifies himself, he gave a speech. And in his speech, he was talking about the Constitution. He made the point that the Constitution is a piece of paper signed by old white men hundreds of years ago, and it's not going to protect your rights. He said it's not about constitutions on and, and pieces of paper identifying rights. It's about human rights that we already have and standing up for these rights ourselves. And wouldn't you know it, uh, an angry veteran was in the audience, and he got up and started barking in Scott Crow's face and totally disrupted the entire rally. He had a big dog with him, too. Thankfully, the dog wasn't getting out of hand like the owner of the dog was. Maybe the dog kept the owner in check. But he started getting upset. Oh, the Constitution said the Constitution's the only thing that's standing up for our rights. And he starts saying, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment, blah, blah. And it just got me thinking, like, why are so many people so dedicated to this piece of paper signed almost 250 years ago that has been an absolute failure when it comes to protecting the rights of the people? It has failed miserably. It's an F minus times infinity. Epic fail. Epic fail, ladies and gentlemen. Failblog.org. Failblog.com. Failblog.net. Failblog.info, failblog.fail. And even from the get-go, you know, your history of the United States of America, they're already violent. I mean, they passed the Alien and Sedition Act. Sure, it was nullified by Virginia and Kentucky. But like a couple years after the Constitution, I guess it was 11 years after the Constitution, just a decade after the Constitution was signed, you already have President Adams and the Congress passing a bill, Adams signing it, that made it illegal to criticize the presidency. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? That actually passed law. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Not to mention all of the injustices that take place on top of that and the expansion of this and the expansion of that. It's become blatantly clear that the document doesn't prevent abuse from taking place in large part because the very institution that the Constitution is supposed to prevent from harming us, to block them from harming us, is the same one that decides what's constitutional and what is not. All throughout high school and through the civics classes and even through many constitutionalists and libertarians, they always tell you there's a separation of powers, checks and balances. That's what makes this country unique. That's what makes this country great. Well, I got news for you, folks. There is absolutely no separation of powers. That's an illusion because the executive legislative and judicial branches are merely three arms of the same central state beast. And that goes for local governments too. There's an executive, legislative, and enforcement, uh, a judicial branch. And they're all on the same team and they always back one another up. That goes for police abuse. They're all part of the same monster. It's a three-headed hydra monster. And so, when you think about it, the Fourth Amendment empowers the state to allow you to do searches. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, and papers effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. 
What's the flip side of that? You can be searched, your person's house, papers, and effects, if it's reasonable. That's all it is. That's that's the trick. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. It's only a protection against what is seen by the state as unreasonable searches. Who defines if it's reasonable or not? The courts or the legislature. What institution does the legislature and the courts belong to? The very state that the Fourth Amendment is supposed to protect us against. See the problem there? And that's why we have a situation where the Supreme Court rules that it's perfectly fine to collect DNA from suspects who haven't been convicted of crimes, or why it's perfectly okay to collect blood on the side of the road from DUI suspects because they think it's a reasonable search. They also think that what makes checkpoints, DWI checkpoints, driver's license and insurance checkpoints reasonable is all the different safeguards that they put in place and that they have to promote it in the media beforehand and they gotta, they can't do it in the same area more than once and blah, 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 blah. Therefore, it becomes reasonable. The judges and the courts have determined this. So in reality, the Fourth Amendment provides, it's no protection at all. It's just like this false sense of security so a while ago, I stopped advocating for the Constitution, and I stopped using it as a, uh, a sounding board. It's not something that I want to restore. Although, let me give you a quick disclaimer, though. If we were to bring back the country back to the original constitutional levels, while I do believe that is not a free society in the least bit, because of the taxing clause, the ability to take out credit on the backs of the American public, the ability for a small group of people to legislate the Commerce Clause, tariffs, goes on and on and on and on and on. Providing for the Navy, all that stuff, this should all be done by market and community forces. So if we were to return to all that, it's better than where we are today, but it's not good enough. And I'm going for 100% freedom, ladies and gentlemen. If we ever do ex expect to have a free society, how can we ever achieve it without advocating for it or calling for it or building it now? So the message here is, if you expect words on a piece of paper to protect your rights, you're going to be disappointed time and time again. And I've learned that firsthand being locked in a cage for engaging in activity that was expressly protected by the First Amendment twice. That's the message here on the Rise Up Radio Show. We need to use community to stand up for our rights, not pieces of paper. Stick with us. We'll be right back. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... With John Bush. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rise Up Radio Show. Bringing the news, views, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and sustainable life. Now, folks, we're going to go ahead and get down on one of our favorite parts of the show. That's the salute to coffee. So if you're out there in radio land, sipping on a cup of joe... I invite you to join me as we engage in a hardcore salute to coffee. That's right, folks. Even though my lovely lady Catherine Blige is posting on my wall the hidden dangers of caffeine, how coffee causes exhaustion, fatigue, and addiction. We had Dr. Robert Scott Bell on, a homeopath, who said, a couple glasses a day, as long as it is uh, organic, isn't so bad, but... 
I'm going to go ahead and read through this this article here. It's on naturalnews.com. Because, uh, you know, I feel fatigued later on in the day. I don't know if it's related to the coffee. I tell you what, I would be excited if I could just wake up and not have to have any form of stimulation whatsoever and just be ready to rock and roll. But I'm so exhausted all the time because I'm way too busy and I'm raising two kids. We got a farm going here and the Rise Up Radio Show, the Liberty Beats, Sovereign Love the Show, Center for Natural Living, the help I do with the free, or the Peaceful Streets Project, Lone Star Libertopia. Man. It's tough in the streets. I wish that the state wasn't so encompassing and unjust and there wasn't so many nasty things and I wasn't so worried about the future that my children are going to inherit. I'd probably do a lot more leisurely activities. But that's that. None, nonetheless, we do what we can to create a better world for future generations and for ourselves while we're here on Earth. Ladies and gentlemen, if you got a cup of joe in front of you, if you're sipping that cold or warm coffee this morning to help you get your jubblies on, I ask you to join with me in solidarity as we salute to coffee. Thanks for keeping us up in the morning so early, so excitedly. Hold it up, take a sip. This is the Salute to Coffee. Oh, that's good. Let's hit it again. Hit it again. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. That's good. That's good. That's good. It's my Clark W. Griswold impression. If you know uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, takes a sip of the eggnog. It's good. It's good. It's when he's losing it because his boss sent him the jelly of the month club. All right, let's take another sip for good measure because we're losing it a little bit here. Ah, here we go, folks. All right. I want to chat about a post on the Free Antonio Beeler Facebook page that raises a very good question. And it's a question that we should all be asking ourselves about every single government service. Do we really need it? Is there a better way to fulfill this societal need, suppose it's societal need, besides using an institution of centralized coercion, hierarchy, and arbitrary authority? That's what the state is, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe there's a better way. Maybe the market could find a better way. Maybe voluntary cooperation, individuals voluntarily, spontaneously organizing themselves for mutual benefit might provide a better way. But the question is, honest question for group members, who believes that we need law enforcement officials but demand accountability? Contrarily, how many people believe we should have no police? For those in the latter group, how do you propose we maintain justice, peace, and safety when there are thieves, murderers, vandals, etc. living amongst us? Private police, bounty hunters, vigilantism? Well, first in his question, how do you propose we maintain justice, peace, and safety? <laughs> Those three things don't exist right now with the status quo of monopoly police, which is what I like to call them, monopoly police. The municipal police department, they have a geographic monopoly over the provision of defense in a given geographic area, especially if guns are banned in that area. It's not 100% monopoly when people can own firearms and defend themselves, or somebody that has the ability to fight off an attacker. It's not 100% monopoly on defense, but it's a monopoly on the legitimate use of violence in most instances, because even people that defend themselves these days are under scrutiny. Like the woman that's facing minimum 20 years in Florida, I believe, because she fired warning shots towards her husband, who was an abuser, who she already had a restraining order against. That's her trying to use defense on her own, but getting in trouble for it, because the police are there. You should have called the police. Your husband would probably wait there. Wait in his fit of rage. He'd, oh, okay, you call the police. Hold on, I'll wait for them to get here. I'm going to not attack you. Thanks. Thanks for calling them. All right, so to answer his question, in my opinion, we do not need law enforcement officials. 
We do not need any official titles. We don't need state-backed defense institutions. We don't need monopoly municipal police in the least bit. The reason being because, in my opinion, any service that's provided by the government, defense included, can be more efficiently, effectively, justly, and I'll even throw in equitably, provided by either the market through voluntary exchange for mutual benefit or through community organizations, institutions, or organisms. That's my opinion. I'll stand by it. The reason I believe that the state fails at providing these services is because the state is a monopoly. It earns, it doesn't earn it actually, it takes it. It receives its sustenance, its monies and funds and resources through coercive taxation. Meaning, in a sense, as long as the people are coerced into paying their taxes, the institution will exist in perpetuity. This takes away any mechanism of correction which the market enjoys. For example, if you own a business and you sell widgets, and your widgets start going out of favor with the masses, or your widgets are they start becoming subpar, you start cutting corners, people stop buying the widgets, and then you have a signal that says, wow, I'm not doing something right. I need to change up my game to fulfill consumer desires and needs in a more effective and efficient manner. There's a signal that's sent to the entrepreneur or the business owner or the market. But with the police, we don't have that signal. And they don't care about that signal. In essence, there's no requirement for police institutions to provide a good service to the community because even if they don't provide that good service, they're still going to continue to exist and all the police officers are still going to continue to get their salary because they're, they're paid through coercive taxation, not through voluntary fees or voluntary contributions where the people that are being served decide of their own accord to chip in. See how that works? So, for example, a family who has their child taken from them because the police kill them, like young Nathaniel Sanders or Byron Carter here in Central Texas, if they're paying rent or own a home, they're still paying the salary of the very police officers that took their children through coercive property taxes. You see? Now think about it. If a family who had their child unjustly shot and killed by a police officer, if they had the option to no longer fund that service, don't you think they'd say, no, I don't want to pay for it anymore? They already tried to sue him in the courts, and that failed too, with the, the case of Byron Carter. Don't you think if they had the option, or if you got your head kicked in, or if you were arrested falsely, or if you think it's unjust for you to be pulled over and, and ticketed because you don't have your car registered or you don't have a driver's license? You think a lot of the police accountability activists that see the un injustice, that get locked in cages for filming police, do you think they want to fund the police service? It takes away choice from the consumer. Now, conversely, if it was a private defense agency, very similar to police, maybe they even patrol some communities, or they just have emergency response teams that come out to your home when you're under attack or when someone when there's a property theft or vandalism or whatever they have they have to fulfill the consumer demands in a fair and just manner 
or else the consumer will go with their competition. So that's one thing that's absent whenever you have a monopoly municipal police agency. There's no competition. Competition makes firms better and it encourages them to provide a better service to the consumer because if the consumer doesn't appreciate the way that the business is going, they can always opt out and choose another business. Now these businesses are in competition, they see what their opponent is doing, and they change their behavior. We're going to chat a little bit more about this question, what it exactly, what it could look like, how we would deal with certain situations, and we'll talk about the community organism as well, because it's not always based on market function. Some people may not be able to afford a private defense agency. In that case, they can organize themselves, arm themselves for mutual defense and mutual benefit. This is the Rise Up Radio Show, encouraging you to opt out of monopoly police systems. Stick with us. Rise up! What was that ruckus? You're listening to the Rise Up Radio Show. I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Rise Up Radio! With John Bush. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Rise Up Radio Show. We're talking about the question of whether we need police and they just need to be reformed so they'll be held accountable or whether we need to do away with the institution of monopoly municipal police. And I just want to let you know, coming up on August 17th, the Peaceful Streets Project will be hosting their second annual Police Accountability Summit. And that's going to take place at Houston Tilliston College uh, University, August 17th. We've got some great speakers, ladies and gentlemen. we got Radley Balco, who's a police accountability writer for the Huffington Post. And, well, maybe I should announce it just yet. We'll wait on Wednesday to announce this one, because I don't think many people are familiar or have heard. Huge speaker, ladies and gentlemen. Huge speaker. Historical figure. Somebody that knows a thing or two about police accountability. Been doing it for decades. It's going to be great. What I was getting at is, at this summit, there's going to be a breakout session, and it's going to be a debate on, should we have law enforcement and just reform them? Or should we do away with the institution of law enforcement altogether? Now, there's another thing that's in this question here that I'd like to point out. Who believes that we need law enforcement officials but demand accountability? Now, here's one of the reasons why we ought not to have monopoly institutions of a municipal police, it's because I don't think we can have accountability with that system. For a couple reasons, again, because they receive their revenue and the police officers get paid with coercive taxation, which will always come as long as the people are paying their taxes, which as long as the coercion exists, most people are inclined to pay their taxes because if they don't, they'll have their property taken from them or worse, they'll be locked in a cage or worse, if they resist, they'll be shot and killed. Happens all the time. Taxation is indeed theft. Government is murder. Government is force and coercion. But on top of that, another reason why it's difficult to have accountability is because those institutions which hold law enforcement accountable are part of the very state system that we're guarding against. Take the city of Austin, for example. Where do you go if you want accountability for police? Besides the Peaceful Streets Project, which are trying to change the culture and engage in direct action, which I do believe is a genuine medium of police accountability. But we're trying to change people's minds and hopefully maybe get them to realize that we don't need police. That's the ultimate accountability to do away with the institution altogether. But if you want police accountability, you go to the office of the police monitor. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You got abused by a police officer, then you go file a complaint with the office of the police monitor. Oh, where does that institution derive its authority? From the police union contract. Not in the city code. Not in state law. No, ladies and gentlemen. 
the police union contract, the contract signed between the City of Austin Incorporated and the Austin Police Association Incorporated that gives the law enforcement some really cushy benefits and privileges, that is where the Office of the Police Monitor is uh, enumerated in the police union contract. It's a total crock. There's no subpoena power. Nothing can be public. Then it goes to internal affairs for their review. The internal affairs guys like try to get you trapped and get you. They try to do get you moments where they, oh, we got you. You you, you contradicted your statements. Like we're, They're not objective in the least bit. They're part of the same damn team that you're fighting against. <sighs> and then they have the citizen review panel. Oh, the CRP, citizen review panel. That's going to help us. You go testify in front of the citizen review panel. They give recommendations to the police chief on disciplinary actions. He can choose to ignore them or not. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, maybe we can appeal to the legislative body that oversees the police department and provides for its budget and appoints the police chief. Let's see what that's like. Oh, the mayor received $20,000 in bundled donations from the police union last month. Yeah, yeah. He's certainly going to hear you out. Just about every single other sitting council member received thousands of dollars from the police union as well. Oh, man, that's definitely a place to go for police accountability. Maybe we can go to the state legislature and go over their head. Oh, the legislative bodies and the legislatures receive tens of thousands of dollars from these police unions as well. That's right, not to mention that they're nothing more than another part of the three-headed hydra, the police, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch. They're all on the same team. Oh, well, maybe we could go to the courts. Let's go ahead and sue the person. Let's go to the court. Let's go to the district attorney and get them to bring up charges on the police officer that cracked you in the head for no apparent reason. Oh, the district attorney used to be a prosecutor that was buddy-buddy with the local police departments and locked people up for innocent crimes. Mm. Or the district attorney was a law enforcement officer themselves. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the district court. Oh, that judge used to be cushy-cushy, cushy-cushy with all the sheriffs and all that stuff, too. Point is, folks... You can't get accountability when the very institution that you're going to for accountability is part of the same institution that you're going to for accountability against. that make sense? I think it did. Well, it doesn't make sense in reality. It doesn't make sense. The system doesn't make sense. It's a crock. It's crap. It doesn't work for the benefit of the people. Law enforcement isn't around to create justice or safety or peace, ladies and gentlemen. The purpose of law enforcement originally was to keep African Americans in check. Yes, that's a lot of the history of municipal police departments was to keep freed slaves in check so they don't rise up and seek revenge on their masters. Other than that, it's to to secure the status quo and to maintain those in power, to maintain their position of privilege and power. That's what it is, to guard against the corporations. Why do you think the, the they've been cracking down on the Occupy movement for the past couple years? It's because it's, they just protect the corporations and the state to maintain the status quo of subservience. That's all it is, folks. All right, so it's a great question. How do you propose we maintain justice, peace, and safety? It's a great question because I've been thinking about it a lot and I'm ready to put it into play and practice. Here's how you do it. Arm yourself. An armed society is a polite society. Check out the Armed Citizen Project out of Houston, Texas. Let's go into low-income neighborhoods and buy shotguns for people. Teach them to use them. Take them to the gun range. Teach them to use them safely and efficiently, proficiently to protect them, their families. Let's buy shotguns for people. Let's help them buy shotguns and pistols for themselves. Let's teach them to defend their house, their family, and their community. 
Then let's put up signs. Let's say, this is an armed community. If you come in here to do crime, we will not call the police. We will deal with you ourselves. And that alone will be such a deterrent that I'm willing to bet that crime will drop significantly in an area that has that kind of situation going on. And that's exactly what the Armed Citizen Project is trying to do. How about this? How about neighbors get up off of their behinds and go out in the streets and do some neighborhood watch, some walks? Let's say you have a community of 100 people. I'm sure there's some some mothers or some fathers that are just hanging out during the afternoon. Maybe they're at home with the kids. Put the kid in a stroller, hop up with your neighbor, partner off, team off, and go patrol the neighborhood. How about that? How about monthly block parties? Get everyone talking to each other. Get everyone to know one another. When people know one another, when people know what's going down in their community, they can tell when stuff is out of place. All of these, in my opinion, are better solutions than the Monopoly Police. How about this? How about Phase 2 of the Peaceful Streets Project, fulfilling the mission of protecting and serving each other? How about we form our own mutual aid networks, where you can call an alert line, an emergency line, and we'll dispatch someone to come protect you. Activists, this is stuff that you could be doing. You could form these mutual aid alliances, mutual defense compacts, get each other's backs. How about people... Find 10 families of like mind, commit to one another that you'll defend each other, arm yourself, and then whenever one family comes under attack from public or private criminals, the other families come and render aid. Those are all community solutions. Neighborhood watch. Arm yourself. Put up signs that say we're armed and polite, but we won't call the cops. We'll call 9mm, not 911, 9mm. All right, and then what? Let's so so let's say somebody steals something. Absent the laws, you'd be able to go get go take it back. But sometimes, if you go try to take it back, you're going to be the criminal with the current status quo. But how about public shaming and ostracism? Some punk kid takes your HD TV. Investigate, find out who he is. Talk to the community. Go door to door. When you find out who he is, go find out who his mother is. Find out his auntie and uncle. Find out if he goes to church. Go talk to all these people. See if he's employed. Go talk to his employer. This guy took my stuff. Want it back. Stand out in front of his yard with freaking signs if you need to. Point is, we don't have to rely on monopoly municipal police in order to solve our common problems. We can solve our common problems ourselves. How do you deal with murderers? <sighs> I mean, if, if the family wants to be an eye for an eye family, and if it's a clear-cut case... You could even have arbitration. You can have private investigators. And if they want to kill the person, then I don't know if that's how I would handle it. I'm not a huge eye for eye guy. You can always run someone out of a community. If everyone's united, you can run them out. The point is, every service, including the police, that's provided by government can be more effectively, efficiently, justly, and equitably provided by the people or by the markets. That's the message on the Rise Up Radio Show, folks. It's been a good show today. Thank you for tuning in. I want to invite you to check us out on Wednesday. We'll be joined by Antonio Beeler of the Peaceful Streets Project for the Peaceful Streets Podcast. Remember, folks, don't just wake up, rise up.